G'day, Plague Garden. It is the coach here, and I am here talking Nurgle. We have got out of the plague. Oh, not even out of the plague. Actually, we're in the plague. We're dancing like we're a little Nurgling, and um, we are talking all things Nurgle. Uh, I, I did a try. I tried to do a quick change at the end. I forgot I messed up that up above there. It says Maggotkin of Nurgle. We're not dedicating ourselves specifically to Maggotkin. Um, we are looking at the Maggot, the Nurgle keyword, given there are so many great resources between Maggotkin, Slaves of Darkness, and now Beasts of Chaos. We've got Beasts of Chaos, but before we get into the good stuff, I'll introduce Zach. So Zach is, uh, I, I got Zach on the line because one, he's awesome and he's got a great beard. Two, he came second, five and O oh at Lone Star. Um, so he's actually, he's, he's actually gotten some good wins on the board already with Nurgle in third edition. And, um, and more importantly, I can't pronounce his club name, so I'm going to say it now mess it up and uh you all can laugh at me but um it is zach from hambrys or harambrys or harambrys heroes that's fine say however you want <laughs> people know i can't pronounce things for shit here like don't worry about <laughs> it but but zach say hello to your peeps g'day talk to me what brings you here and let's talk all the good things about nurgle hey how's it going thanks for having me on uh yeah just here to talk about nurgle uh you contacted me after the LSO tournament um, where I came in second place. Our fellow Texan, Matt Robish, out of Austin, Texas, ended up taking the, the prize with a Marathi list there. But uh, but I still went 5-0, so uh, came in second there, but it was a lot of fun. And I've got to say, by the way, um, not only is Texas representing, but I knew you would trigger people because you are off-brand wearing a Zench shirt. Zench, Zench. But, My favorite uh, thing to do Nurgle. is to trigger people. So this is this is perfectly on brand for me. <laughs> but you're right. Like So uh, one of the reasons I reached out to you, so um, I've been scheduling content and just going, right, I want to talk to people about a, a, a first view. Like the purpose of these shows is not a real deep dive like I did in the past. At the moment, you know, really four, six weeks into AOS 3, so I just want to talk to people about how has AOS 3 worked for you so far? What have you learned? What's different between two and three E? And I saw you, I saw you go five and zero at Lone Star. And what really caught me off guard was one: not a lot of people talking Nurgle. Obviously, Nurgle's always been kind of a solid, a solid army, but it's not someone that people are talking about as like you know the meta destroyer. And then second, when I looked at your list, I'm like. He's going to have Archeon in there. He has to. Everyone's running Archeon right now. It's it's either Marathi and Gotrek, it's Archeon and, and Kairos, and there was no Archeon. So I'm like, right, okay, there's some list tech going on here with Nurgle that, that you've tapped into. So what brought you to Nurgle, and what's your general experience so far with third? So I've been enjoying third a lot. Uh, there's a lot of very interesting things they've done to shake up the meta and shake up what's strong and what we think about the game. Um, Nurgle, the reason I was drawn to Nurgle, I'm traditionally a Slaves of Darkness player when I play Chaos. Uh, and what drew me to Nurgle is I like race cars, and Nurgle is a race car on me. And uh, so it lets me play what I want to play and go real fast while doing it. I remember the days when Nurgle would be super slow. Um, they were like, you know, reliably this slow. Like there were zombies, like they would shamble across the board. Mm -hmm. But when you describe to opponent that this plaguey type army is one of probably the fastest, maybe on par with Slanesh, you're just like, what? 
Oh, it's it's easily faster. It, it's so fast. It's ridiculous. There, there, there's some ridiculous stuff in in Slanish, but this is not the Slanish show, despite your Zent shirt on a Nurgle talk. But from an AOS three point of view, obviously, so much has changed. You know, we've had um, objective claiming isn't nearly as important as it used to be. You know, obviously, you used to get a lot of rewards for for claiming more objectives than your opponent. You know, you'd score a lot. But now it's all about things like your battle tactics, your grand strategies, denying your opponent scoring their grand strategy, the way that uh, command points are coming into play and having things like redeploy and having things like rally. And there's so many ways to interact with your opponent. How have you found Nurgle so far in, in your games? Have you found it's responded well? Like, what's your experience? So... Uh, all the things you brought up, for all those reasons, I think Nurgle is a lot stronger in this edition than it was last. It was already in a really strong place. I was playing it with my army before, but it just everything that 3.0 brought, Nurgle makes like, takes best advantage of. Um, all the extra healing on your great unclean ones, uh, the battle tactics. Uh, it's fairly easy to score them because you have a lot of good monsters and you have a lot of high damage units with Blades of Putrefaction and access to plus one to hit, which... You know, it was a pretty interesting interaction. It's kind of broken. Uh, but uh, one other thing that makes them pretty good in these new missions is uh, they do score their battle tactics well, but they also deny battle tactics really well because, like, when your opponent takes bringing it down and they try to take that unclean one out, yeah, good luck. I mean, it's really hard to kill those things. Or if they think they can pick on a small Plague Bear unit and they don't uh, commit enough resources to it, they'll just lose that battle tactic. They, uh, Broken ranks one because yeah. they didn't do enough damage. Or what I'm seeing as well is um, smart players are really taking advantage of redeploy, and mm -hmm. you set up for that three inch charge, mm -hmm. and you get a you get a um, a redeploy of you know you roll the d six and get a four or higher. You've made a you, you potentially could make a charge even harder, um, yes. and and be, be, you know you can only you can only spend one command point to reroll a charge. So if opponents already re-rolled the charge with um, with one command point, they can't do it again. So there is a lot of interesting ways. And I know when I was talking to my Discord, they were saying their experiences at Nurgle, you're right, has, has really shaped up quite well because they're quite strong in owning the board and kind of dominating the mm -hmm. board and the resilience. And then third edition has just given them even more tools. Yeah. Um, and for all those, you said earlier that people were taking Marathi and Gotrek and Archaeon. Nurgle actually plays really well into those kind of lists um, because they have a lot of really resilient units that can heal a lot so that they can they can actually gum up those big units that they come into contact with. Um, and another thing is, if you're not building around big monsters, a lot of time people are building around Unleash Hell, like having a really strong Unleash Hell and like Sentinels or Iron Drakes or, I mean, you name it. And Nurgle has really fast battle line that can run and charge. So you can peel off Unleash Hell with units you don't care about before you go in with what really does the damage. Hmm. Yeah, no, it's, it's it's you know, the fact that you only get one inspiring presence as well and being majority of force has high leadership, so, you, you know, you don't have to rely on inspiring presence. You know, you've got so mm -hmm. many units right now, especially right now in the current season, which is obviously in Gur, um, which is giving you more rewards for your monsters. You've got the tools. You've got the wizard monsters. You've got high wound monsters. Um a lot of discussion so far about the Glotkin. I'm seeing a lot of people talk about the Glotkin and and its rise back up into the meta. Yeah, the Glotkin's really strong. Um, 
I will say from 2.0 to 3.0, if you want to find, it's hard to find a unit that has more value or gain more value than the Harbinger of Decay. And we'll talk about it a little bit later, but the things you can do with that is silly, especially if you're including Slaves of Darkness units. Well, that's the other thing, right? The you know you've always been able to mark slaves to darkness as an um, a Nurgle or any of the keywords, obviously. But Nurgle, you always could tape into that. But one of the cool things as well that I've started seeing, and I had a discussion with a corn player recently, was tapping into the beast of chaos. Now that you can bring one in four beast of chaos, um, very similar rules. So all of a sudden, you know, bringing in some some very interesting models that might be a gap or maybe. If you're looking for a cheap screen, like there's just so much versatility in the Nurgle mm-hmm. keyword. If you don't want to play Nurgle keyword and just play Maggotkin, that's cool. Like, um, uh, what's it called? Broken uh, Broken Realms. Like, there are so many cool new rules that came out of Broken Realms. Yeah, they got those. And even the Wrath of the Everchosen book, they picked up several allegiances that they didn't have before. Um, they, they picked up a lot of things in random books. At some point, it's all going to get collated into a new battle tome, and that'll kind of change things, too, because I imagine a lot of other things will change. But as of right now, they've got they picked up a lot of cool rules from all kinds of different places, and it's all come together in 3.0 to make a really strong book. Well, you've now got the oldest book now. Um, I think Nurgle is now the oldest book followed by Deepkin. So um, I think you get, to, you get to play around with some things like a lot of armies got updated with Holy Within shenanigans and re-rolling mm-hmm. is being pulled back. There's a lot of armies losing their re-roll abilities. So you still get the current, the best of both worlds, um, yeah. which I love. Yeah, for now. I mean, it's going to change, right? <laughs> you got to assume it's coming soon, but yeah, enjoy sure. enjoy the sun while you last. But how, how are you finding things like Archeon and obviously being a Slaves player and... He is the the talk of the moment right now. Everyone everyone's talking about Archeon. What are your thoughts of Archeon in Nurgle? Archeon's really strong. Um, he's probably the, it's probably the fastest Archeon because you could give him the run and charge. Um, he's not the tankiest that honor belongs to Zeech, and I don't think he's the best. I think the best Archeon is still in host of the Everchosen. Um, but he's good in Nurgle. I, if you play him in Nurgle, like you'll have a fun time. Do you think um, do you think lists rely on on Archeon? Like, does it does every list have to start with Archeon to be competitive in third? No, absolutely not. Um, I, I completely disagree. I just think it's easy to play, and I think it it's really obvious to see why it's strong in third because of the hero actions and monster actions. But honestly, personally, I think that when people get used to the addition, they'll realize Archeon's kind of a trap unless you're really using Host of the Ever Chosen. Yeah. No, and I just wanted to ask that question. I obviously clearly knew what you would say because the list that you're going to show is not Archeon based. So we, we're not. This is not going to be about how do we just wrap Archeon with right. a thousand points of Nurgle, um, and it's not all going to be Chaos Warriors or some type of like Varangard. But um, I think there's a lot of versatility now, and for you guys, the the Broken Realms rules of updating Sloppity Bile Piper, updating um, the the is it the Pox Scrivener, and Spellbox, even just yeah. like. Yeah, and even just the interactions now with your plague bearers um, has really lifted. Because you know, like late, late second edition, it was all about plague, uh, plague not plague bearers, um, black kings. It's all about the black mm-hmm. king spam, and yeah. now it's kind of like, well, now there's there's two two good sides. Yeah, it's, it's really versatile. You can almost pick almost anything in the book and build a strong list around it. Even black kings who've been kind of hurt, especially by like the new coherency rules and things. 
you could still play a pretty strong Blight Kings list just because of the strength of, of the core of the Nurgle book. Do you think um, do you think the impacts to the coherency rule, so having to be within one and being that those Black Kings are on such big bases and the fact that you can only now reinforce up to four units, do you find, or even four, four reinforcements in just your traditional match play, do you find that has decreased the value of Black Kings or maybe you're not going to see that full Black King spam that you used to? Yes, I, I think that. I, th I think the Black Kings have a place. They're still pretty good. But it takes a lot of effort to get the same. Like I don't know if the juice is or the it's if it's worth the squeeze basically, because yeah. you have to put so much resources in, and it's just worse than it was because of the coherency, especially uh, in those big units. Yeah, and it makes it harder to get into combat. The the, the coherency stuff with it, which is being within one inch, and it's easy when you've got mm -hmm. those thirty five mils, and you'd probably argue that thirty, so thirty, so twenty five is easy. Your thirty twos easy but not as yeah. easy they're workable especially if you've got a two inch range if you've only got yes. one inch on a 32 that's like you you lose attacks and then they're on 40s so it's even harder with the one inch range um is two is that the the, the tutankhamun's horde or tutankhamun that's that's me talking tomb kings um, I think, yeah i don't think they're are they legal so turmerican's horde uh, i i mean that's a world question so it's a big I thought, question I thought that was legend yeah yeah i think it's a uh, it wasn't le a lot of the units in that army was legends but the sub allegiance is still on the website um but all it works as is a is it works like a sub faction of normal um but it, you don't really gain a whole lot of benefit from it anymore and by the way shout out thank you very much to aki there um who has donated to the channel much appreciated um by the way texas is on on fire so much right now that i inadvertently now have three of you as a guest coming up in the next month so oh, gavin surprising. and i've yeah. just booked in evan i've just booked in evan to talk to me about slanesh so yeah they're both excellent players you'll have a really good discussion with them uh, and uh absolutely. i believe aki is noe from california uh he was playing stormcast at lso we had a yes really yeah he reached he reached out to me the other day. He's uh, far out. You guys are you guys are off the charts. This will be this will be AOS. This will be Texas featuring AOS coach. But um, <laughs> <laughs> but like from a Nurgle point of view, you know, a lot of people aren't really talking about Nurgle. But I'm generally getting a, a sense that you're feeling quite good. You're feeling that um, they've fared off quite well in third edition, and there's plenty of tools and resources that aren't just one build that rules them all. For sure. Cool. Uh, that's that's fair. <laughs> what are things like grand strategies and all the new stuff that's come out? You know, you got you you got new grand got grand strategies that you pick. We've obviously got new battle tactics to to choose now, um, and even the command command um, yeah your new command points. How have you found that with Nurgle? So the command points was just another thing in their tool belt. Uh, one thing I was finding when I was playing my slaves and Nurgle builds in 2.0 is I was really struggling for command points because I had a lot of things I wanted to spend them on and just not enough resources. And now in 3.0, I have the resources with all the extra CP to do whatever I want in return. So that's a huge boon to the army. Um, and some of the other new things, uh, you said uh, grand strategy. I'd have a hard time not picking prize sorcery if I was playing Nurgle just because of that uh, great and clean with the endless gift. It, it's never going to die unless you really fuck up. If Can I say that? 
It's all right. Oh, it's all good. I think I think YouTube yeah. watch me. What, what, once we get through the five minute mark, YouTube doesn't care as much if we. Swear. Okay. I think it's the first five minutes. Like the advertisers freak out if I just go, "What up, fuckers?" Uh, yeah, apologies yeah, sure. if any kids are li- watch listening, but. But uh, but yeah, I, I would take Price Sorcery because that unclean one that has endless gift is just not going to die unless you make a terrible mistake. Yeah, I mean, you've got super durable um, battle line, although to be fair, um, if you bring them, oh, I mean, if you summon back on like a bunch of plate bearers, they're not they're not treated as battle line. Mm-hmm. But you're, if you take like a Glockin, you take a, you know, um, a great unclean one, you know, you've got a lot of du- really durable heroes. So some, anything like anything around that kind of hero mark or the wizard mark works quite well, especially if you, do you reckon there's a world where there's double um, great unclean ones? Like you used to have thrice fold. Do you reckon there's a world where you you double down on on your big monsters? Absolutely. So at LSO, there was actually another Nurgle player that played two great and clean ones, and he went four and one. Uh, it was two great and clean ones and three 20 blocks of Plague Bearers. I don't remember his name, so I apologize But if you're listening to this. But uh, he went four and one. He did well with it. And, and speaking of big big uh, great unclean ones like people are asking about things like the glockkin i think that's where people have just noticed the you know the awesome command ability um is it give you plus one attack um in the hero in phase as well yeah there's a bubble in the hero phase as well so it means you can still get a command ability in the combat phase which i, I really like yeah so the the glockkin's very strong um he's not how do i say this so before in 2.0, I was playing the Glockin um, with my Nurgle build with Slaves. And because of something we're going to talk about in a minute with the Harbinger, it's no longer as necessary as it was for mm. this my style of build um, because the Harbinger can fill the role he did. But if you're not playing my like Slave-heavy style build, the, grid, or the, the Glockin is very strong and really synergizes well with a lot of the things you're trying to do in the army, like add attacks and pump up the Plague Bearers or pump up the Blight Kings. It, it does those things really well. My my little 90s brain just went up to pump up the jam. I'm like, pump up the jam. But um, Selena's made a really interesting comment that I wanted to pull up. Um, and we'll talk about your list very soon, folks. We're going to talk a little bit about how Zach is wrapping up his thoughts and his early considerations for 3E. But Selena's made a comment, and um, in 3rd edition you're seeing um, things like, especially your battle tactics, where there's probably at least half of them um, don't quote me on that, but there's at least three or four of those battle tactics that give you bonus victory points if it's scored with a monster or you meet the monster condition. You know, there's some of them that require you with three monsters, and um, obviously going a thrice build of having three great unclean ones sacrifices a lot from your list. But Selena's made a comment around the aggressive monsters, um, or the yeah, the, the the Nurgle is lacking an aggressive monster to get that extra monster VP. What, do you, what are your thoughts on that? And um, do you have maybe some secret list tech that might open up an opportunity? So I have multiple thoughts on that. Um, yes, they don't have anything like Archaeon uh, or a Terror Geist that's going to go out and go across the board and delete a unit like you might need it to. Um, but what Nurgle does have that I think is better, honestly, is it has fast, durable monsters. And I think that's more important. It doesn't matter as much that you can't do the damage. If you don't die, you'll eventually get what you need done. And if you stack your buffs well, and if you target correctly, you can always score the battle tactics whenever you need it. For Nurgle players that are trying to score those battle tactics with monsters, I would just say the key is patience. 
if you bide your time and save the ones that score with monsters until you have the prime condition to do it, I mean, I, I had no problem with it. I had the great and clean one who, while he doesn't do a ton of damage, since he never died, I could always just put him where I needed him to score the extra victory points. Uh, and then the other thing that I had that might help people like think about some other options was I was playing the Sorcerer Lord on Manicore with Nurglemark. And that Manicore, I mean, if you need him to be aggressive, he can be pretty aggressive. He can move like 21 inches in charge or something like that and rerolls natively against uh, monsters and heroes or just monsters. But you can make him reroll everything with demonic power. Uh, if you are looking for a aggressive monster and you have the correct kit in the list, you could use a Manicore. Hmm. And this, you know, I did a video um, uh, not long ago. Now I was picking out some, you know, some monsters that might not be hero monsters that might be worth considering. And some of them I picked out and I noticed in chaos, there's a lot of really cheap monsters to consider. Mm -hmm. Things like the cockatrice, things <laughs> like the the mind sphinx, the, the little kitty cat. Yes. Um, the is it the ogroid? Not is it the thermitage? The the one That's that the does Zinch damage. One. You know what's the other one? The um the rock the rock guy. The one that does damage oh, the in terrain. Uh, the Fomeroid Crusher. Yes, the Fomeroid Crusher, yes. Um, but, like, there's a lot of different options outside of um, your hero options as well. So I think there's – and also you've got Metamorphosis. I think some yes. people forget in the spell choices, uh, and I'm looking at that in my current – one of my current builds. It's like, right, I've only really got two monsters, and I can't really go to a third, but I've got Metamorphosis, and with a, with a good wizard – at those right times, I could turn my wizard into a monster, score that extra victory point, and then yes. drop it when I don't need it. Exactly. There's a lot of interactions in third that a lot of people haven't seen. I'm sure some people have. But you can do some crazy things, especially with that spell. Um, it's kind of anecdotal right now, but I'm sure you may have seen it before. But when I was at the tournament, um, in the doubles tournament at LSO, uh, I was playing a... Uh, Frost, he's playing Frost Lords, the whatever they're called, Beast Claw Raiders. Yeah, there we yep. go. Uh, and he he had a, a slaughter master and he cast the monster spell on it and he charged in. And because it's a monster now and it's Beast Claw or and it's ogres, it got the four up mortal wounds from being a monster. And there's just so many unique interactions that you can do. It's kind of abstract in a lot of ways, but I think as people get used to this edition, we'll start seeing some really unique things. And the, and the Harrow's, Harrow has made a really good point as well because I think everyone got really quick to jump on the monster bandwagon, but then they've forgotten that when you destroy a monster in the turn, you actually give away a victory point. So by having less monsters on the table, um, especially if you're if you're going to more hero monster-type builds which can heal and things like that, um, you de-risk the situation as well. So it's a consideration like, yes, I can score more victory points in the battle tactic, but I'm also giving away less exactly. because because I don't I, I'm not losing them, and because your monsters in Nurgle are so durable mm -hmm. that it's really hard to give away that bonus victory point. So just something exactly. to consider. Absolutely, that that easily was something that was contributing to my success. There was I could go out and do things and score these extra points, and then when my opponent would assume that they could do it back, they just couldn't because they couldn't kill it. Like, for example, in game three, I was playing against a Gotrek plus Marathi list. And uh, the great and clean one and Marathi fought for three battle rounds. At the end of th the third or fourth ba battle round, Marathi died and the great and clean one had full health. They fought in combat both turns 
for three battle rounds. How have you found, um, how, how have you found, so I don't know if you faced any of these meta armies yet, you know, Lumineth right, right now yes. is quite strong, you know, whether it's the Archer build kind of shooting you off or what you're kind of seeing emerging in other parts is like the Foxes, having a bunch of Foxes running around, zipping around, moving in both shooting phases. Um, Sun, Suns, I think Suns of Behemoth are one of those rises right now. Um, in addition to the the Archeon or the Marathi and or Gotrek builds. How have, how have you found or do you have any thoughts around any of those armies? So I've played against all of those a lot, actually. Um, my primary, one of my primary playtest partners plays almost exclusively Lumineth. So that's a pain. I hate that army so much. Um, Suns, we have several in our group that play Suns. Um, we have a couple guys that play Archeon. They're, they're definitely all strong armies. Um, I think Lumineth might be the strongest um, if you play it correctly. It's very hard to play. That's the one downside to Lumineth is if you don't know how to manage your resources and if you don't know what your opponent's army does, you're, it's going to quickly fall apart. But if we want to get back to the discussion with Nurgle yeah, and how it plays into them, um, I think Nurgle has a lot of tools to deal with those armies that some other things don't. Um, for example, against Suns, I can kill a giant in a turn easily with one unit. Like It's not an issue. Um, and a lot of armies will struggle to do that. And I think if you can kill a giant or two, you have a shot. Um, and against Lumineth, you have a lot of feel-no-pains in the Nurgle army. And Lumineth primarily do damage through mortal wounds. And the only thing they don't like seeing on the opposing side of the board is feel-no-pains, or uh, wounding negations, for those who don't know what that is. Um, and then we talked about Archaon before, that there's a lot of things in this army that can gum up big monsters like that. Um, and just hold them at bay while you kill the rest of their army. So Nurgle plays pretty well into all of those armies. I think one of the other cool things that, and you correct me with your experience, I'm only math hammering this, is because the board size has shrunk, it means that, and there's less objectives now on the table, we're not seeing you know, scenarios that have up to eight objectives on the table, it means that you don't have to spread out your force nearly as much as you, as you used to. Screening off an opponent is a whole lot easier for anyone who's coming in from reserves, which really plays to your strength of throwing down a couple of Narmors and having these bubbles and having these, you know, these power pairs or these trios going claiming you could you can really have these super durable forces go hunt down three objectives where previously you might have had to split up your force up to eight. Mm -hmm. Yeah, this board control is one of the strongest benefits in this army. Um and I mean, just not only from the Nurgle units, but uh, for example, in my list, I was playing a couple allied units of Untamed Beasts from the Slaves of Darkness book, and they are also really good at board control, denying deep strike, uh, and that kind of thing. Uh, my game five against Noe, he was playing Stormcast. Uh, I just took the board. Uh, by the end of turn, he he had bottom of turn two. He had he had yet to deep strike, and he was annihilators. And at the bottom of turn two, I had covered the entire board in trash except for one sliver on his back corner. And so he conceded the game there. But it was, it is, this Nurgle book is really good at doing things like that. Denying deep strike, taking the board. Before we get into the list, I think we're almost at the cusp of talking about your list. Um, I'm getting questions like, you know, how'd you kill a Mega Gargan? And, and, you know, we'll we'll talk about some of the synergies in a second. But we've all talked positive about Nurgle. I think we're in a good spot. Is this the traditional 5 and 0? Oh, you're going to go wipe every opponent off and they're going to have an NPE? No, this is not the this is not the list. We're not saying that this is the, the amazingest list in the world. Oh, for sure. Um, 
But before we, you know, I guess we've talked 30 minutes of just good stuff about Nurgle. Before we get to that, is there any things that you maybe think have, have been negatively impacted by third edition? Any things that aren't as attractive as it used to be or some things that now um, you're just kind of leaving on the shelf for a while? Um, for Nurgle specifically, um, obviously the Blight Kings took a big hit. Um, and we talked about that before, so I don't really want to rehash on it. Um, hmm. Yeah, I think I think definitely, like, while you, while you think about this question, because I've just thrown it off onto you, um, I, I don't know if the Thrice... I know we haven't seen Thricefold, which is the three Great Uncleat ones for a while. I, I don't know with the points adjustments if, if it's still a viable build. I think you just sacrifice maybe too much. Um, definitely the... Uh, I'm seeing Plate Drones. I'm seeing those guys getting a bit of a resurgence at the moment. People are bringing yeah, they're pretty good. At, at least three Plate play Drones or three... Well, the, was it the two the two ones? I can't I think coherency, especially some of your models, which got quite large bases, I think that's that's been an issue going out to units of, of, of six or more. Yeah, for sure. You don't want to go that big with those drone units. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'd say, you know, the Blight Kings, for sure, the things you said, and uh, the only other thing that, you know, might come up, it's not entirely a negative, but you also lost access to the really cheap five chaos warrior battle line yes. um, to just fill the slots um, because the new coalition rules in the GUR packet prevent you from taking coalition as battle line. Um, Didn't and, think chaos warriors also go up to 10 and also their minimum is 10 now. Yeah, because I did some videos just on the cusp of third edition. I remember having Russ Veal talking Slanesh. And he's like, yep, three units of five Chaos Warriors for yep. your battle line. And then it's just the rest Hero Hammer. But you can't do that anymore because you, although you can bring in those Chaos Warriors, they're not going to count as your battle line because of the coalition. At um, least this year. Yeah, yeah, right now. Obviously, we, if the pack changes and things like mm -hmm. that evolve, but as it stands. But, hmm. I think mostly it's good stuff, um, but oh, hey, yeah. let's bring up the, let's bring up the list so we can actually talk a bit about it because we're dancing around it a little bit. So, um, oh, and, and maybe maybe another question before we get into this: How have you found endless spells? Because endless spells have changed both. Most of them have gotten a war scroll rewrite. We've lost things like the um, the Bailwind Vortex, and a lot of the predatory spells get to move in your. Well, you can activate your endless spells both in your turn and your enemy's turn. How have you found prayers and invocations and, and endless spells? So for the invocations, rip is my opinion on the invocations mostly. Uh, but for the endless spells, I think they've got mostly really good changes. Uh, no, You're not going to see Geminids everywhere anymore. Um, the bridge is still really good in a different way now, um, not just in cities anymore. Um there's some really interesting plays you can make with like the shards of Alagar and the soul stair shackles, although it's dubiously useful. Uh, I'd say I wish that they had changed the spell portal more, <laughs> uh, but that didn't happen. So we'll just keep dealing with it. Um, glad the Bailwind vortex is gone though. That thing needed to die. Yeah. I'll get the feeling it'll come back somewhere. It'll right. come back somehow. I, I don't think the Bowwind's dead. It's been around since Fantasy Battles. It, it'll come back. Eventually. But the list that you put together, and this is um, just one one list, one of many lists, and I think Zach and I were talking before we went online, and we we're talking about, you know, if I was a, a maggotkin of Nurgle purist, you know, how would I build around this? And I think 
I think there's still a wonderful mortal version of this. There's a version that is a demon focus that's purely around things like plague bearers and all that good stuff. But this is really tapping into the Nurgle keyword. I think that's across all the different books. And I think from a competitive point of view, if you want the best out of your army, you need to look at all of your options. Just like I do as a Cities of Sigmar player, I look at Stormcast, I look at Caradron Overlords, and I look at the different options to me. But can I run this purely as, as Maggotkin? Absolutely. So just, just for context, I know some people will go, this is not a Maggotkin of Nurgle army. And you're right. But we're tapping into the best options across the keyword. Oh, for sure. Um, <laughs> and hey, it's still a Maggotkin army because they can be taken in the Maggotkin army. So talk to me a little bit about, you know, so we, we've gone price sorcery because you've got some resilient heroes, especially the great unclean one. So mm -hmm. um, hold the lines, obviously, are normally a really good um, strategy as well. You can apply. Um, any other kind of grand strategies I think kind of work well for Nurgle? Uh, like you said, hold the line. If you're really going plague bear heavy, can be pretty strong. Um, and then... I, I think I would stop there. <laughs> Those yeah. are probably your two options. Yeah. Yeah. But then you've got, so you, so with your list, so I'd love to learn a little bit about your list, right? So you've got your Harboring of Decay. You've got a Great Unclean One, Chaos Sorcerer Lord, Chaos Sorcerer Lord or Manticore. You've got some units of Plague Bearers as well. So a unit of 20, a unit of 10, and a unit of 10. You've got yourself 20 Chaos Marauders. Now that's one of the changes as well, is that they've gone down to um, a unit size of 10. So it means in your list you can only go up to a unit of 20 maximum because they're not battle line for you. Yes. Um, unit of three Varen Guard, I would say they they probably lost a little bit. You probably don't see the units of six to nine because of coherency in, in most armies. That's, I mean, um, that's fair. I mean, obviously you can have units of six and nine, especially in the Knights of the Empty Throne. But yes. Yeah. With with coherency, it kind of impacts you a little bit with how many you take. Then you've got your two units of Untamed Beast, um, which are counted as allies, and I love them. But talk to me about the list, man. Like, what what bring you to this list? How does it work? And what are some of those secrets that you probably don't pick up initially when you, you see this at first glance? So uh, first I'll say for anybody who was wondering what's going on, this list is a little bit different from the one I played at LSO. I just made a couple tweaks to it before I... Uh, after the event, and this is the one I ended up sending in to coach here. But the difference is, is I added some plague bears, dropped the five man night unit, and added a life swarm. Um, I don't know that I'm going to play this at any point, especially because I expect the life swarm is going to get eroded at some point. But let's talk about techs and things. So we've kind of danced around the Harbinger of Decay a little bit. So what the Harbinger's always given Nurgle and slaves before was the five up film the pain bubble the the ward save um and it applies to all units in a, in a bubble around him which is extremely strong it's already strong by baseline and it's worth paying his price just for that um but uh something that has up because of the new arcane tome artifact which makes him a wizard uh, he becomes a wizard it lets him pick up the spell um and by itself that's not a huge deal but it becomes a huge deal because he is a Rotbringer. He has the Rotbringer keyword. And because he has the Rotbringer keyword, he can take a spell out of the lore of Malignants, which only Rotbringers can take spells out of that lore. Um, and specifically, obviously, his Blades of Putrefaction, strong, one of the strongest spells in the game. Um, extremely strong. This takes most of your units that from like middling hitting power to some of the highest 
DPS units in the game. Um, and then he also is going to take that Master Magic command trait to let him reroll blades. So one of the issues that Nurgle always had was blades of putrefaction, really strong, casting value seven, and you had no way to buff the cast. Now you do. You can take Master Magic, get a reroll on it, increase its efficiency, increase its chances to go off a lot. Um, so that package, that Harbinger Decay package, if you're playing mortals from anything, if you're playing any Nurgle mortals at all, including slaves, auto-take. You always take that. Um, it's it's insanely efficient. 145 points gets you so much out of that model. It's ridiculous. Um, and I will say, Zach, that, um, and I'm sure you've found this as well, the importance of having mortals in your army is probably more important than it ever has before. When you look at things like Blood Knights getting a 2-plus armor save, or there's a lot of heroes being able to use all that defense or um, their finest hour to go down quite significantly in their in their armor save. Rend one and rend two. I'm not rubbishing it. I'm not saying it doesn't cut it. But when you're trying to defeat a unit of five or ten blood knights with a two up armor save, rend one, you've got to throw in a whole boatload of attacks in an attempt to just get rid of it. Let alone it's got its ward save as well. So finding ways, especially mortal, finding mortal wounds in your army. I'm looking in my army, things like curse, having a prayer just to get me mortal wounds. This is great. And the fact that it's also not, um, because it's old language, it's not wholly within 14. It's just within 14, which makes mm -hmm. it super generous bubble. Oh, it's crazy big bubble. And then Very this of pain bubble is the same way. It's, it's just within seven inches. Now all this is going to change at some point, but while it is, if you're playing mortals, you're doing something wrong if you're not taking this guy. Um, but like to your point, as far as you know, 3.0 changes, I think of one rend right now as zero rend before. If you had no rend before, it's basically the same as having one rend now. Um, and two rend is dubiously useful. You're probably paying too many points for most units to pick up two rend. You're really not going to see the usefulness of rend in most cases where you need it until you get to negative three. Um, what I what I have yeah. found though is if you're throwing a lot of attacks at somebody, they might you might get them to spend a command point for all out defense. Um, if you're throwing a high volume of of, of a rend attacks, yes. but 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 otherwise, we're not again we're not saying rend is useless, right. but because of all that defense, it neutralizes rend one and all that defense would just neutralize. So yeah, uh, it's, it's not it's as more powerful than, as it used to be. More than that, even because you have finest hour and you have new mystic shield and you have all these other ways to cover like, basically everything, almost everything that used to be reroll saves got changed to plus one save. So like there's, you'll regularly see units walking around, just walking down the street with plus three or four to their save. And one Ren, two Ren doesn't do anything to that. No, which is why, which is why finding mortal wounds. And um, if you can find mortal wounds and abilities, I think that's even better because there are some armies, you know, like Illumineth, for example, but they're not the only one that can just shut down your magic phase. So mm -hmm. not being over-reliant. And I think having the reroll um, that you've found as well is a great, um, a great pick up there. Yeah. Um, and then, so that's really important. The Harbinger with that kit is very, very efficient. Um, and then the next thing that we're going to talk about is that great unclean one. I I would venture to say, if you don't have a great unclean one with the endless gift in any Nurgle list, you're missing out because that thing is so much fun to play with. Um, for those who aren't familiar, the, the endless gift lets you at the start of every battle shock phase, yours and your opponents, 
you get to roll a dice for every wound that model took that that turn, and every four up returns a returns a health point. So you basically every battle shock phase you have the damage you took that turn, um, and that's going to stack with the great unclean one's natural healing, and with the heroic recovery in two phases, and all the pluses to save you can get mystic shield and finest hour and all out defense. And this thing, unless you one shot it or you put it in Archaeon sword. It's not going to die. It's mm. so much fun to play with this thing running around the table being unkillable. Um, and something else that's important here, besides obviously the Bioblade Doomsday Bill, the Doomsday Bill is making the whole army really fast, way faster than it has any right to be. The Bioblade is giving you the plus one to cast, so you can switch the wheel to plus two to movement, so you can keep piling on the movement bonuses. Um, Glorious Afflictions uh, is a really, really strong spell. Um, in my game four against Michael Vaganos, I cast that spell every turn on his go trick that was sitting in the middle of the board and it halves everything, halves movement, running and charging. And that go trick just spun his wheels in the middle of the board the whole game and never did anything. Which is one of the weaknesses, right? I mean, go trick yeah. is such, such an absolute beast and, um, but he's only movement four. So any way you can halve his move or impend his move, um, that's, yeah. that's golden. That's yeah, he, he goes to move two, and then he has his charge. So if you're seven inches away from him after he moves two, he can't even charge you. <laughs> so it it's, it's, makes him really, really easy to avoid. Yeah. Um, so that's the Great Unclean one. Um, lots of healing there. Question, um, of the, question about the Great Unclean one, just because we've talked a little bit about Rodicus and everyone's talking about Rodicus, not Rodicus, the... the um, the Glockin, sorry, the Glockin, not Rodicus, the Glockin. Yes. Would you consider, like, what's the trade-off here? If you were to go Great Unclean One, swap it out for the Glockin, is there a big trade-off in your list, or what do you lose or what do you gain um, between the two? Yeah, so um, I actually was playing with the, with the Glockin when they first switched to 3.0, um, and I threw a lot of testing and deciding what was really important. I ended up switching the Glockin to the Great Unclean One. But the Glockin, what he does, he's got a few things he can do. Um, he can add plus one wound to something, like to the characteristic, which is really strong with the Plague Bearers. And it's really funny with Chaos Marauders because you give those things two wounds, they move 40 inches across the board, and they're just gumming up the opponent while they murder them with Blades of Putrefaction. Um, but what it really, what the Glockin is really most important for is his plus one to attacks bubble. Uh, so the trade-off here is the Great and Clean One is making the whole army faster, and it's it's all about speed and his only his own individual toughness. Whereas the Glock can you lose a lot of that speed, um, but you're picking up quite a bit of damage mm -hmm. on all like the Marauders. Um, before I was playing with Chaos Knights when I had the Glockkin, because the Glockkin synergizes really well with them too. Uh, anything that's got multiple attack profiles or relies on high quality attacks like the chaos knights with lances the clock can picks up a lot of damage on those units um but you do lose out on the speed and the the focal point that you get in the grid and clean one before we move on to the cow sorcerer lord you've talked about speed a lot and nurgle in second edition was always fast and the board has shrunk it's shrunk quite significantly both length and width do you why why do you need speed so much knowing that you're already fast and you've already got less distance between you now? Right. So there's a lot of reasons. Um, 
So, I mean, it's kind of a big question, but specifically in, in this kind of list where your most important units are the slaves units that are going to be hitting your opponent, the chaos marauders, especially they can't take a hit. So they have to hit your opponent before they take any damage. Um, so that's one of the reasons speed's really important. Another reason speed's really important is your opponent is if, you know, if you're playing at the top tables, which is, you know, where I design a list to play, um, you have to be able to deal with screens and speed is how is one of the ways to deal with screens. You can go around the screen, you can circumvent it by charging the edge of it, piling everything around, um, which also helps you deal with unleash hell because uh, one of the ways people unleash hell on you is by putting a screen in front of their shooting unit. And if you charge straight into the screen, they're just going to shoot you until you die. You need something that's going to be able to be fast enough to get around the edge and get within three inches of the shooting unit to prevent the shooting unit from unleashing hell against what you care about. So speed does a lot of things, and I think it's one of the most important stats in the game. And to what Hades is saying as well, we're assuming here that you're applying a Narmor, one or more Narmors, to increase that speed in your army. So oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. It's That's not why just the, yeah, it's not just the uh, the unit speed. It's also in combination of, uh, as you mentioned, the great unclean one with the bell, using the thing like the feculate narmor to use the slingshot. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I'm specifically playing this army in Nurgle because of what the narmor does. Uh, it it just it adds a whole dimension of speed and and what it can do. Um, and he says, "How do you stay fast if you don't have a narmor?" And the answer is, you don't. Mm. <laughs> Yeah, it, it, the Narmor is, is critical to getting the speed in, in Nurgle. Um, so not only just having it, but also knowing where you want to, I guess, funnel your attack and, as as we call it, the slingshot, because you, yeah. you use it to then launch yourself off. But, um, no, thank you. Thank you for entertaining with that. Just because I know we talked a little bit about the, the Glotkin and people on the internet are talking about the Glotkin. And I guess they would look at this list and go, well, where is it and what would happen if you you kept it versus why would you keep a great and clean one? So I guess there's a good argument between having the, both of them and I guess choose, do you want to increase speed or do you want to get more attacks? I think is the the, the mm. question here. But you also got your two Chaos Sorcerer Lords and um, Selena has rightly pointed out, you've got double Plague Squall. So yes. I'm sure you got some good rationale here. So um, when I first, when I was playing as LSO, I had... Through uh, a mistake, I had Flaming Weapon on the Mana Core. Um, so about a week before the event, because of all the new coalition rules, uh, one of my friends, uh, James West in Houston, he pointed out to me that my list was illegal because I had too many Slaves of Darkness units and not enough Nurgle to balance out the coalition rules, the new ones. Um, so last minute, I had to switch my list up, and I add, that's when I added the Unteamed Beast to the list a week before. And uh, somewhere in that transition... So I had Double Plague Squall, and somewhere in the transition, I must have pulled up an old list that had the Flaming Weapon on there, and I regret that. But it didn't end up mattering. But Plague, Double Plague Squall is definitely where you want to take this list. And the reason is, early in the game, the Mana Core is going to be casting it. Um, he doesn't have anything else to do while he's sitting behind your lines. Um, he's, I mean, he's an aggressive monster. Uh, he's there for Oracular Visions mainly, and because he's a monster... So early on, he's going to be casting Plague Squall um, or Mystic Shield, but usually Plague Squall. Um, and the Chaos Sorcerer Lord on foot, he can't afford to cast it early because as long as those other Nurgle or the other uh, Slaves units are there, he needs to be casting Demonic Power, one of the best spells in the game. Um, but one thing that you'll notice is as the game transitions from early to mid to late, 
uh, the mana core is going to start going in to the battle, and he won't be casting Play Squad anymore. He's going to be looking for Arcane Bolt. He's going to be looking for Mystic Shield. Uh, he's going to be looking for his own spell. Uh, whereas the Chaos Sorcerer Lord is going to run out of things to buff. Um, as the Varen Guard and the uh, Manticore and the Chaos Marauders move away from him. So at the end of the game, he's going to be by himself running around your backfield. He has nothing else to do. Why not cast Place Ball? It's board wide. So it's about the transition from mid to, from early to mid to late game. So you'll have one set of spells between the two and one will play one role early game. And then as the game progresses, you then switch out the importance and Plague Squall then goes on being used on the regular Chaos Sorcerer Lord while the Manticore, because you're right, one of the other things that has changed is obviously Mystic Shield is now a plus one to the armor save. It's not reroll ones. And mm -hmm. Arcane Bolt isn't just a bolt that you shoot in the hero phase. It's now something that you hold and then you release in combat so or yes. combat charge yeah like, you usually so you, want to do it in combat yeah so you release it so it's not so it's, the role changes quite a lot so as the manicore i imagine is in the thick of things it's then being offensive and and changing the the way it's buffing yeah and that sorcerer lord i mean you, you have price sorcery so while all your other monsters and and wizards are going in that sorcerer lord is your last line of defense for your price for your grand strategy he's running away but he can still cast Plague Squall while he runs away because it's board wide. Yes, that's a really good call because it means you can keep that. You're right because, you know, even if your opponent does take out the Great Unclean one and it does take out the Chaos Sorcerer Lord, you've still got, uh, or say Chaos Sorcerer Lord on Manticore, you've still got one other hero that can keep you from retaining your, your grand strategy, which is keeping your wizards alive. Yes. That's a that's a, it's a good shout. And the fact that it's board wide, I, I can see the value in why you would double up there. Yes. Um, and then the other thing about these Sorcerer Lords and you know why you're taking two instead of maybe a Chaos Lord on Manicore uh, for the extra combat damage is Oracular Visions. Um, it's always been a really strong ability. And while I, I'm not going to say it's stronger now because reroll all saves was always crazy. Um Another source of plus one save is bananas in this army. So if you and you can now you can stack oracular visions on a single slaves unit because it just adds plus one save to a unit. So like for example, these Varen Guard, they've got a three up base save, just fifteen wounds, right? It's not a whole lot of tank there. But when you're really trying to tank something, if you really have to, um, you have one oracular from Chaos Sorcerer Lord on foot, one oracular from the Mana Court, Mystic Shield from the Raid and Clean Wonder, whatever you choose. Uh, all out defense, uh, and then you have the Harbinger of Katie giving them the feel no pain. So you're plus four to save. So you're at a two plus with a, a three run buffer, and you have a five of feel no pain behind that. So that turns those fifteen wounds into an insane amount of value. And by the way, I got to ask, how have you equipped your Varen Guard? Oh, uh, if you're playing Nurgle, it has to be ensorcelled. Because uh, you're the the point. Uh, where your damage is coming from is Blades of Putrefaction. And Ensorcelled gives it doubles your attacks. So it has 18 base attacks when you fight twice. With the Ensorcelled, it's 36 just from those weapons. Uh, if you have Blades of Putrefaction and with the all-new all-out attack, that, that Varen Guard unit will kill a giant turn if you have all your buffs up. Then you've gone in, and sorry, is there, is there anything else that you'd want to um, talk about with the Chaos Sorcerer Lords? I think it, uh, that is quite clear to me on what yes. their role is. I think that covers them. Yeah. 
you've gone in and taken your your plague bearers now um you've got a unit of 20 so you've reinforced that once you've got mm -hmm. yourself some bodies as well your cast marauders are just too good not to take i think um yeah, as sad as that is to say they just even even just the ability to change the charge dice roll um because i've been caught out a few times now just with some of my games um with redeploy i've gone in for a three inch charge and then the opponent's redeployed and i've been talking even about things like um a six inch pile in normally you could guarantee the charge there but if they get a four plus on that redeploy they've now moved out of range of that six inch charge so six inch pile in so so playing around with redeploy will win or lose you games so i can see why 100 cast marauders just on that value alone yeah. they stay in there they can stay so outside of nine inches um, and, and avoid those redeploy bubbles. But what they're really good at is because of their charge roll and all the other buffs that they have to their movement. So you can get the Marauders up to, I think it's like 18 inches of base movement. Uh, and then you can charge and your average charge is like 11 inches. Yeah, so ridiculous. their threat range is like 29 inches. And their average damage output will kill a giant. If you have your buff, if you have blades up and demonic power. So they do an insane amount of damage. They really fast. Um, they're hard to avoid because you can't really redeploy if, if you know what you're doing. Um, they're, and one other thing is as long as people are playing Go Trek, you want to be playing Marauders because they, uh, in my game three, it was a perfect example. One, one round of combat, the 20 Marauders wiped Go Trek off the board. It's so yeah. many instances of one damage because of the the, the mortal wounds and all their other attacks with all re full rerolls that you can just kill him and he's gone. It, he doesn't matter. <laughs> I imagine that's the same kind of truth if you had to deal with a Kragnos, you had to deal with um, a Mega Gargan, especially a Mega Gargan with the Amulet of Destiny, which is getting that five up ward save. You need yeah. this high amount of damage. You, you need a high amount of attacks. And to get as much consistent damage to that to that um, that model, yeah. so they, that's they how won't, you pull down Go Trek. Yeah, they won't kill the amulet giant um, on average. They'll kill a regular giant on average, but I don't, I don't know many many units that would pull yeah. down a gargant with a five up ward, yeah. thirty five wounds in one round. But you, yeah. you're, you've got the tools to significantly degrade it. Oh, but th that's another point. Was just even if you you know you don't kill it, you're trading one hundred and eighty points for most of a five hundred point unit. So it's yeah. it's a lot of value you gain out of that unit. Um, the only thing you have to do is you have to make sure you protect them because they're squishy. Yes. But that's something this list does well. So how are you protecting? How are you protecting them? Is it your plague bearers? Is it your untamed beast? Because I love both the unta I, I love the untamed beast. If I had them in an order army, I would I would take that equivalent. Yeah, so how they are both you do it them? well. You you can flood the board with your trash. You can take up big monsters with the unclean one you can and then most importantly you can reach out across the board with the marauders before your opponent gets to hit them yeah and i love the fact as well like um hunters of the heartland uh, as a battalion mm -hmm. for me it's like anything that you need to protect because hunters of the heartland for anyone who doesn't know that's one of the new battalions while we're playing in gur so it's not a permanent battalion but it's around at least while we're playing in this battle and this battle pack but it allows you to avoid monstrous rampages and specifically that will impact you for not taking the mortal wounds on the charge the stomp or most importantly 
avoiding things like raw by by stopping you from issuing or receiving a command. So um, while that doesn't change inspiring presence, if you need to get a plus one attack or sorry, all that attack, all that defense, or one of your other commands, they can't be wrought upon. Yes, and that's very important because obviously, like you said, the moment those cast murders take one wound, they lose the rend, which I mean, it's not always important, but it can add up with all those attacks. Um, and then if you lose, if you get roared on those Varengard, it makes them way more vulnerable. You lose the ability to all out defense them. And then if you have blades on them, you lose the ability to all out attack and double up your mortal wounds. See, I found that with, um, and I don't, I don't want to go down this, this route too long, but like I've been running Marathi at the moment in a friendly Daughters of Cain army. And one of it's true, there's no bow snakes in there. But one of the things that I found with, with, um, with Marathi was I put Mind Razor on to get plus one rend. I might put, um, uh, in, in, you know, your finest hour, but if I get roared upon, well, guess what? Now I, I can't use all that attack. So that swingy four up or three up or that consistency I've now lost. So I think the more you can tap into hunters is going to be, it's definitely worth your while. It's very good, especially if you have something you need to protect. I mean, th th there's a lot of cases where you just want to be low drops, but in this case where you don't care as much because you have plenty of screens, I mean, it's very, very good. Um, other than other than that, uh, do the plate bearers play a role in just being screens, doing some damage, clogging up the board. High, yeah, it's high. It's all about clogging up the board and you know taking the objectives and basically keeping your opponent from having. Okay, we've just lost, we've just lost Zach. So I'm sure he'll be back in a minute, um, and then. We'll, we'll keep going for a little bit. I'll pretend that I know Nurgle. Uh, I don't actually own Nurgle, but I'm sure Zach will be back in a minute. Um, you know, when I when I look at this particular list, um, <laughs> thanks, yeah, F, Chris, I'm sure he'll be back. We'll, we'll resurrect him with, uh, with the Emerald Life Swarm. And uh, it was my hero phase, and I did actually move the, the Emerald Life Swarm into Zach, and we've brought him back to, to full wounds. Hey, Zach. Hey, sorry about that. I don't know what happened. <laughs> all good. All good. Um, so the Plague Bearers are coming in. They're obviously doing a little bit of damage. They're playing around on the board. Um, they're obviously going for the objectives and screening off some of those juicy targets that the opponent might go for, especially protecting your Marauders going, you know, don't, not taking the first hits. Anything else that the Plague Bearers bring to the party? Um, yeah. So I just want to talk a little bit about the Plague Bearers and how the Untamed Beasts interact with them. Um, in this game right now, in 3.0, you don't want to be screening with anything that your opponent can... Like, unless you have to. You don't. You really don't want your first screen to be something that your opponent can score a battle tactic off of. Um, and the Untamed Beast, there's no battle tactic that you can score off the Untamed Beast. You put those in, as the first layer in front of your Plague Bearers. So your opponent has to do something to get through them before they can get to Broken Ranks. And even if they do get to broken ranks, those plague bearers aren't that easy to kill. Um, especially if you have the 20 block up front and the tens are more boarding the sides. Um, it, it doesn't leave your opponent with a lot of options. Um, so that's just something I wanted to mention because it takes away an option. It, and, 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 and anyone who hasn't watched all of my videos or, or has started playing their own third edition, the, the, what's going to win you or lose you games will be your battle tactic choices, scoring battle tactics, and doing it in the right sequence. Because if you score your battle tactics too early, you'll find yourself later in the game not having the options. You've gone for the cheap ones. And 
it, it's quite hard to know what you're going for. And I love the fact that um, like broken ranks for anyone who's not familiar with it, it's based off battle lines. So if I, if you have a cheap unit of battle line, let's say free guild guard, 10 plague bearers are a little bit more resilient, but you know, let's say someone puts a lot of, uh, a lot of damage into those plague bearers, you'll score those two victory points from broken ranks. But by having the Untamed Beast, because they're not battle-line, denies them the victory points from Broken Ranks. So having some non-battle-line options, good choice. Yes. Good choice. I just want to call out for anyone who, who wasn't connecting the dots here. Yeah, there's a, there's a lot of interesting things that this does, that this army can do um, in the new edition. And that's, I mean, that's why it's so strong, right? Yeah, um, yeah absolutely. But yeah, that's it for the Plague Bears. And your Untamed Beast as well, they get the free move at the start. Is it a six-inch free move? Yeah, so they get the pregame, the six-inch pregame move, which can notably prevent a lot of alpha strikes, like the KO Warp. And it doesn't prevent you from getting alpha strike. It just wards off and gives you more space to work with, like with the KO Warp Lightning Vortex and some other things. You'll still get hit by it, but you have more room to work with. So how are you using it? So obviously, one, you can push those units forward, which means anyone coming in from reserves, it means you're pushing out that nine-inch bubble a lot further. So that's one yes. way. And obviously, if they do come down, the distance between KO, for example, when they drop from the sky, you've pushed them out nine, and then the distance between them dropping nine as far back to your heroes or whatever you're trying to protect might be out of range for some of their attacks. So that could yes. work. But outside so, of that, like, how else are you using like the them to screen or, or you know, dodge of, of the reserves? So obviously, the primary way is to ward off reserves. So you put them as your first layer in the middle of your army where your meat is, and you push that line up, um, and you you know, you'll backfill with plague bears, and they'll just give you a little bit more of a bubble. But if you're playing against something that doesn't have a way to alpha strike you, um, an interesting way to use them is you put them on the peripheral of the board, on the edges. Mm -hmm. And that pregame move just puts them a little bit up the board. Um, and so as the game progresses, your opponent doesn't really want to go deal with them because they don't gain anything from killing them. But those Untamed Beasts, they'll, they're pretty quick. They get a run and charge. They have the pregame move. They'll make their way around the edge of the battlefield and either threaten to, to cap a back objective or get behind a screen to pull, because they have native run and charge, to pull an Unleash Hell away from your opponent. Um there's a lot of things that they can do. And it's for 70 points. That's, that's a lot of value. Would you think for other things like, is it, the, is it, the, are they renamed the harpies? The, um, well, I can't remember what they're, what they're called. Um, Cause there are other options. You know, I, I see a lot of iron golems, especially the ones that need that durable, you know, that really durable unit. Um, would you look at some other options from the, the war cry war bands for things like unleash hell? I think that's one thing people are looking at. What's that cheap, fast unit that can kind of throw at Unleash Hell? Uh, specifically in this list, no, I wouldn't look at anything else but Untamed Beast. For, for the, there's other uses in other lists, but in this, I mean, between the two things that we've already said that they do well, that those are just really valuable and they can't be replicated by another War Cry War Band. The other ones are good in other places, but not here. No, obviously they play completely different roles depending on what right. you need. But I think what we've talked about earlier in the show is that there's no one particular rule. If you want to build a demon list, I think, you know, your, your sloppy bar piper, your scrivener, mm -hmm. um, your demon builds, there's some really good demon builds. I think a mixed list, I think to, um, to Peter's point as well below, 
Um, I think maybe the Black King list might have got impacted just slightly, so you probably won't see, or you're going to have to at least rethink your Black King list yeah, and probably looking for things like your your big fly, what are they called? Your big fly dudes. The, the plague drones. Yeah, your plague drones. Like th that, that might help given that they're units of two or threes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah. No, cool. I like it. It's a, it's a great list, by the way. And and this is, again, this is not the one list to rule them all. Tweak, modify, take it as you are. You know, you do you. You love, you love I don't know, Rodigus. Find a way to build around Rodigus. Um, you want to have more or less slaves? Find a way. Any, you know, to kind of bring us back. Yeah, for you know, sure. Kind of bring, to bring us back and maybe wrap up the show, Zach, um, is there anything that you've learned in those last couple of weeks? And obviously going 5-0 and at a 60-odd um, a player event is, especially early on, is, is a really great achievement. So, you know, kudos to you um, for Lone Star representing. Is there anything that you kind of learnt along the way or maybe – and I, I know this is not your Lone Star list. This is a different list that you've kind of modified after the event. What other tips and tricks that you maybe have you learned that might not be as obvious for Nurgle players? Um, hmm. Yeah, it's just kind of things we've already talked about, like creative use of your run and charge and peeling Unleash Hell is really a good tool that Nurgle has. Um, some of the other unique list building things you can do. Um, I, I will say if you don't have your mortal wounds up, there's so many pluses to saving the game, and this is something I learned from, through a lot of playtesting. You're probably not going to kill anything without Blades of Putrefaction up. So you have to, whatever you're putting Blades of Putrefaction on, it either has to be durable, or you have to have some plan to protect it. Because the moment it goes, if you're fighting, say, a Blood Knight heavy army, or um, there's anything they can spam pluses to save, Empty Throne, uh, you're, you're going to be just up a creek. So yeah. I, I think that's kind of it. We kind of talked about a lot of other things. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, I think I think from now, I think we're going to learn a lot of the nuances where um, finding those opportunities to redeploy and get yourself out of combat. And even I've been playing some games where I've redeployed onto an objective. I've used that to actually move on and steal an objective um, as they've gone into charge or prepare to charge. Um, there are some things just in the game that we forget, um, which has been even just the timing of like dispelling or getting rid of endless spells. You know, if I mm -hmm. remove, if I choose to remove the endless spell in your turn, you can't recast it in your turn. Sure. So mm -hmm. even just choosing when we do things uh, are, are the fine kind of nuances. And then uh, I guess in the coming weeks and months, when we start revisiting Nurgle and like looking at other lists, we can talk a bit more about the expansion, but I guess, this has been really helpful for me to kind of learn and understand Nurgle kind of first view. And I guess it's only been what, six weeks. So great learning so far, Zach. Thank you. Thank you for having me on. Um, is there any shout outs, anything that you want to say to the people, any people, any things that maybe you need to mention? Um, so I'd like to talk about just, just mention uh, if you live in Texas or if you don't mind taking a trip in September, there is an event called Hammerfest. Um, that I'll be TOing at. Uh, it's part of the Warzone Houston uh, tournament series. So if you want to look to grab a ticket, there's only a few left. Uh, just go Google Warzone Houston. You can find it. Uh, and click on the Hammerfest. 
link in that page or the industry page and, and come visit and play with us. It'll be a lot of fun. And uh, Zach may or may not have confirmed that there's Texas barbecue. No, I actually don't know. I'm sure, but I'm sure there's, <laughs> there's probably a place around the corner. I, uh, oh, yeah. uh, I've been anywhere. I've been, I've been to Texas once and uh, I had two Texas barbecues in one day. I learned that, that the good stuff is at lunch. I, I thought it would be a dinner thing. Nope. It's lunch breakfast. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When everybody's still really awake. Yeah, I, things that I learned. But uh, this was awesome. Thank you very much for your Nurgle experience so far. I think um, some good considerations. And again, take what Zach said, tweak it to your list appropriately. Um, look at the the wheel. Look at your options. The fact that you got one in four can be Beast of Chaos now. And I know right now you're probably thinking to yourself, oh, Beast of Chaos are trash. But actually, there's some really good hard-hitting units, things like your Bulgore. You've got monsters. You might get yourself a Saigor or you might get yourself a Gorgon. Um, you've got really cheap screens in, in those as well. So you might get yourself an Ungor Raider. But more importantly, there might be a new book coming. So if that book comes in two or three months' time and they've got really good options, mm -hmm. who knows? Will they bring more monsters to the party? But uh, don't write it off just yet, I guess, is my point. Yeah, for sure. There's a lot of good options. All right. I think we've kind of run out of things to say. So thank you very much, everybody. And you know the deal. Like, subscribe, hashtag, best session ever. Zach is amazing. The bar is set for the Texas guys. Let's see how Gavin goes in a few days' time. See you guys. See you all. See you, heroes. See you, heroes. Thanks for sticking around until the end. I hope you found that video interesting and you walked away with a few new ideas. If you did, I would appreciate it if you hit like on the video as well as left me a comment. Let me know what your thoughts are in the comment section below. The conversation will continue over on Discord, so links down below in the episode description if you want to join the Discord and continue the Age of Sigmar conversation. I want to give a massive shout out as well to these absolute bloody legends, these champions who have continued to support me through Patreon or YouTube members. That is going directly into supporting the maintenance and the growth of this channel. So thank you very much, guys. Much appreciated. And until next time, roll more sixes.